Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome Welcome to to the the Ecstatic Ecstatic Existence Podcast. Hello, growing global family. Welcome back. You are here today to learn about healing, health, wellness, alternative spirituality, and personal empowerment. We bring you leaders in areas of all of these topics from around the world. I am Daniel Alcyon. And I am Rachel Alcyon. And before we get with our guest today, I want to make a quick announcement. One of the things that keeps this show going are you, the listeners. We have a Patreon page established. Yes, we do. So this allows you to become a patron of the show. You can pledge anything from $1 up to $100 a month and contribute back to this conscious content. Keep the show going completely ad-free and freely available to you and the rest of the world. So chip in. Yeah. We, we love Tell it. Every little friends. every little bit helps and uh this just helps us keep all our previous episodes hosted and posted and all the bandwidth and all the tech stuff that goes on behind the scenes of the show. Yeah, and no amount is too small or too big. You want to give a dollar a month, you want to give a $1000 a month. Uh yeah, we love being able to provide this really high vibe content to you and there is a lot of work that goes into it so be a patron and we don't we don't want to have any ads even we thought about it and even if it was something we really believed in we don't want to have advertisements telling you to buy things so anyway we're keeping it all ad free for you Mm -hmm. our guest today is incredible she has interviewed us before on a previous episode that we shared i adore her (laughs) and rachel absolutely loves her And now we're flipping the script, and we're going to interview her because she's a wealth of knowledge. Tamara Fleming is a 16-year coach, certified in energy-based coaching, feng shui, Chinese face reading, and she's the founder of a unique style of coaching called interior symbolism, which is the practice of aligning someone's home environment with their forward vision for life and business. Energy alignment is her expertise. She is an intuitive, creative artist and a deep seer. She currently works with CEOs and visionary entrepreneurs, helping them align their vision, their leadership style, their life, and their business for extraordinary results. Yay, welcome, Tamara. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be with you, too. I love you both. Oh, the feeling is mutual, and we have a wonderful topic today. Our focus topic is going to be how space shapes your success. Oh, because it definitely does. So yeah, I'm excited to dig into this topic. Yeah, this is, uh, I think, probably, I know it's my favorite, and it certainly is a lifetime skill that you can use forever to make your life better, so I'm just, I'm excited to kind of find out what we dive into today. (laughs) You know, so the first thing that's coming up for me is that you say this is a lifetime skill. So this isn't necessarily something that you can just reorganize your house and your furniture and then be done. It sounds like you're saying it's an ongoing process of unfoldment that's going to come through in layers and waves. Yeah, I think that's really true because if you ascribe to the belief that your space is a mirror of your life, and that it literally has a, is a shaping ability to your life. It dictates how your life is shaped. Then as you change your life and as you change your environment, everything changes, right? So it's an ongoing thing. It's not like you can clutter clear once a year and be good with that because you're going to go through life changes and at different times you're going to need different layers of clarity and kind of takes it out of that regimented organizing clutter clearing world and puts it into a living dynamic beautiful well said and speaking of an environment where are you coming to us from today oh well i am sitting in my beautiful office overlooking the bitterroot mountains of montana oh i think i'm awaiting a little bit of snow for the first time this year wow (laughs) snow already how fantastic yeah, we don't get too much here, but when it comes on the mountaintop, it's right out my window, so I can see it and, you know, and enjoy it. And we had some really good thunder and lightning yesterday, so it's definitely uh, living within nature, you know, with, 
which is another thing, too, when you live in a place like Montana, nature's bigger than you are. Um, and so it really does dictate your kind of how you do your life and how you order things and, and what you pay attention to. Um, nature's been a huge teacher for me here living. I've lived in Montana for four years now, and it's a huge teacher for me all the time. You know, and it has been for us as well because we, we do boat life. We live on our yacht. And so, you know, water is this incredible element that is ever changing and ever shifting. And so I feel like being on the water helps me feel like I'm even more in nature and connected to the elements and the the subtle shifts that happen and how that really impacts my life. And so my first question for you is, you know, what is your perspective on how the environment uh, that surrounds you impacts your life? Well, okay, so where do I start? Um, (laughs) There's a quote. Um, from Galil Gibran, he talks about how your house is your larger body. And I like to make that relationship. And I even take it as far as taking the shape of a house or an environment and equating it physically to the body. So let's say you had an attic, that would be your mind. And you had a basement, that would be your your grounding. Um, your kitchen would be your stomach. So if you really look at it, Your house is literally your larger body. We express ourselves in three skins, what I call the three skins, which are spirit, our soul, our body, our clothing, our home, and sometimes it goes out beyond that into our businesses. But those three skins that we express ourselves in call to us all the time to be aligned. And if they're not aligned, then there's something that we're dealing with or moving or changing in our lives. But the big thing about about how it's a reflection of a mirror of who you are is that if you want to change yourself, you can look at your environment and make changes to the physical in order to get to making changes to the inner world. And sometimes I find when I work with people, that's easier for them. But, you know, you're, it, it is a direct mirror. So we'll, go, we'll get into a little bit more of this deeper because I'd like to share some examples of how an environment shows the picture of where you're stuck, you know, what patterns you might have, um, where things are flowing, and where you sometimes can make adjustments. Yeah, Tamara, I really love how you pointed out that this whole idea, this concept of our, of our home being our larger body and expanded body this fractal nature it's self-replicating and it's so 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 true so i'm excited to hear more in depth about that from you well i think that that extends into everything that you own you know like your car and um office space yeah everywhere that you inhabit or are the guardian of is totally an extension of your the physical and the emotional body yep and spiritual it really is and and if you if you learn and i believe that everyone can learn how to see the way that i see the way that you see space for instance if you go into an environment just generally and it has an energy that's a lower vibration than where you're at then you're going to feel it you're going to sense it you're not going to feel comfortable and you'll want to get out of there you'll or you'll want to make a change and what I think we're at this place now that we need to be calling ourselves into that level of attunement. It can be really unconscious to remain in a space that's not supportive of you. You know what I'm saying? So yes. simply, everyone can do this. It's just a matter of attuning your ability to sense it and see it. And again, I'll I'll bring up some examples in our talk today about how that looks so that people can begin to have the same eyes that, you know, you have and I have with spaces because it's profound and it deals with your health, your success, your flow, your stuckness or, you know, problems that you're having or issues that you're having. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And then you can even extend that out further where we're talking about the home environment is a reflection of the physical body and the emotional body, but then where your home is. Like, literally, you're talking about the expansiveness and the beauty of nature in Montana, and Rachel and I have recently experienced a shift in our actual location. Our home is the same, 
But because we live on a boat, we moved our boat to a new location and feel dramatically different. Oh, the energy is so, so different. I'm actually in this process right now of unraveling and of decompressing and really figuring out who I am now in this new location even. One of the first days that we were here, we took a walk. We have this beautiful sandy beach right next to our marina, and which was just like such a blessing from God. I, <laughs> I didn't know that that was going to be a perk when we moved, um, but I have a gorgeous sandy beach. And so I was laying on this sandy beach just like in so much gratitude, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm weeping. I'm just bawling as I'm feeling myself begin to, to access even deeper levels of relaxation and stillness and peace. And in that contrast, it took me changing locations from a, one city to now we're on a, we're on a beautiful island, a beautiful, pristine island um, floating on our boat to feel like, oh, wow. I'm shedding these layers of anxiety and fear and anger and agitation that I didn't even know were there. Like, I thought it was really good where I was. And now that it's even better, I'm like, oh, I can look back at my old way of living. And like, gosh, I was sort of like looking over my shoulder and had tension that I didn't know about. Oh, that is so interesting. Because if you think about it, you're in an element of water. You, ha you were before and you are now. But the element of water, the energy of the water is different. You know, we could talk for hours on this, but when you start <laughs> diving into the five elements, you know, fire, water, wood, metal, and earth, right, you too are living on a lot of water. Yet, the energy of that is what I said. It's so different. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. You're a very watery person. Watery people. They love to merge with others. They love feeling, and they kind of float through life, and, and they have a fluidity to them that is very unique and very sensual. And yet, if you're in a water environment that's too much water, then it would tend to take you too far over into all that water element. And so you would need to balance that out with some fire, um, with some earth. You know, there are different ways that you can go about doing that. So walking on the earth, being in the earth, you know, having land time. And so it's so subtle, that, and we don't even really get, you know, the difference between moving from a place like what you just moved to, the kind of vibing at a city, you know, city rate, and one that is really quiet, it's right? So, so quiet. you get lost oh. in yeah, when you move, you know, and people do not know this, but when you move your household, let's just say you, you weren't on a boat and you were on moving from a, a house to another house, whenever you take your belongings and you, you tear them apart and you pack them up and you disconnect them from each other, all of your things have an energy and a language that they talk to you and to each other. And when you do that, it's literally like unplugging a plug out of the wall the light goes out. So until you plug the light back in and you bring those things back together in their new way and they can create a new language with each other, then you're in this world of being disconnected. Oh, that makes total sense. And then just to bring it back a tiny bit, because it's so good, you were talking about the different energies of water. Like, the element of water is not the same all over the place. There's different aspects of the element of water. And this brought to mind one of my very favorite quotes from one of my lifelong heroes, Bruce Lee, which Bruce Lee was just an amazing human being. And he has this cool quote that I'm not going to do it justice. It's something like, be like water, my friend. Water can flow or it can crash. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup it becomes the cup. Put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or creep or drip or crash. Be water, my friend. So anyway, you think of like a little babbling brook or a crushing waterfall. You know, it's like still water, but it's a totally different aspect of the water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and to take it, you know, to an extreme, if you really look at the energy of the earth, right, everything is alive. So if everything is alive, 
in nature, it talks to each other simply and in harmony because it belongs together, right? It has its own way of maintaining balance. But when you put people and material things in the mix with that, it's different. The language of it is different, right? So it can be connected or disconnected or it can be, like you say, destructive or healing. It can be all of those things, but now you put a human in it and the human has the ability to think and to make decisions and to choose how to interact with it. So that's a whole other very esoteric layer, you know, of what we're talking about, but it impacts how your experience would be in your new place, you know. So what what are you finding for yourself? Oh, personally, this is wild. I have, in just a matter of a few short weeks, I have found myself feeling more at home and rooted in, like, in community than I ever have in my whole life. I've always been a little bit of, like, um, had a bit of a, a transient kind of punk rock aesthetic and mentality like almost the feeling of don't quite really belong anywhere kind of an outsider and all of a sudden we got here and I was just at home I was having brilliant conversations with all different walks of life people instantly found community and support in yoga abundant nature and connection with nature in different ways and different elements so it's just really good (laughs) that's what I'm finding here So that's awesome. And so then, Rachel, you feel like you're in an undoing. How would you describe it? Um, How would I describe it? It's like uh, I'm in the metamorphosis. So I'm, I'm like the caterpillar that spun the cocoon. And I've turned to mush. And I'm waiting to become a butterfly. (laughs) It's like I'm, I'm in that weird, like, um, yeah, mushy, watery, uh, what will I be? There's a, yeah, a dismantling and, and, you know, aspects of it have been really painful because I'm having to confront how I was and I'm looking at the parts of me that aren't as lovely. And then I'm learning so many new tools and shedding stuff that I've been walking with for quite a while that hasn't been serving me. And so, so yeah, there has been some pain and some challenge uh, and that manifested actually as some health um stuff because I let my emotions get really big and didn't have an outlet for them so yeah I had some health stuff and I feel like I'm becoming more and more me now today I feel really good it's a gorgeous sunny day on the water I mean it doesn't really get better than that (laughs) and um yeah (laughs) so I'm just taking it really slow you know we're shifting into fall and I'm just I'm embracing the slow living, slow island time, hibernative quality and and allowing myself to do so. I'm feeling better and better every day. And I love where I am. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because, you know, you, you combine the idea of the seasons, you know, we're going into this fall and then, you know, we're going into winter. You and I were just talking about that before we started the call. That energy combined with the move that you've just made, combined with the amount of water that you're experiencing, would take you deep, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. And it's just a process, right? It has to be whatever it is until it's not that anymore. How would you know if it's time to shift? What will be happening in your environment that will make it time to shift? Mm, I suppose I'll follow the feelings, you know, like, um, I've been telling Daniel, you know, I'm not quite ready for my debut yet. I suppose I'll have some excitement and, um, and a stirring, you know, it's like when the bear begins to wake up after winter, it's like, well, how does it know? It just sort of does. There's an internal stirring and excitement to want to then go be out more in the, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, another whole level when there are people who are living in a city environment and it has that you know that tense energy that yang energy that constant buzz or that constant hum I think a lot of people are going to start to really wear down from that and that there's going to be a fairly I mean there has been because we can live anywhere and pretty much work from anywhere now But I think there's going to be more of that because people are just going to wear out. You know, adrenal fatigue is 
is, a, is an epidemic, right? And it's caused in you know, all the cortisol shooting up and people gaining weight, things like that. Because they can't live in these places where everything is on all the time. You know, as I've lived here in Montana longer and longer, and I continue to lean into not just nature, but what it actually is saying, speaking to me about balance, about natural balance, then I begin to question how much stuff I have. Not materialism so much because I like beautiful things, but it's like, do I really need that? <laughs> and can I get rid of that? And because it's another thing that when I look out of my eyes, it distracts me from maybe taking a deeper breath, you know. So I know you guys live on a boat, and so you've had been forced to to downsize and simplify, and it's also part of your belief. So, you know, tell me about that. Living on a boat is not what everyone does you know it's a rare experience yeah i mean it's it's wonderful we're constantly downsizing i mean i have a bag of stuff ready to go out now and almost daily almost daily uh it is a continual process Uh, you know like we were talking about earlier yeah it's constant well yeah i've actually really enjoyed the certain amount of quote limitation in space and that's allowed me a lot more productivity because i don't have a billion other side projects But Tamara, I would really love to hear about some of these real-world examples of ways in which people can be stuck or their physical environment can be really causing some limitation in their life. Yeah, okay. Well, stuck. All right. So here's an example. I'll just give you a personal one that's fresh. In my office, it's kind of my place in the house, so most of my stuff is in here, you know, so that I'm sharing space with my partner well. So I put most of my stuff in here. And so there's there's a lot of stuff that I have yet to go through. But what I had done is I tried to make my office into my art studio, into my, my meditation room, into my everything. And... What I finally saw, and sometimes it's hard to see yourself, but you can, and what I finally saw is that I was putting false hopes up in my space. For instance, I had a very a sizable art easel because I, I'm an oil painter, and I've not been able to paint for quite a long time or chosen to make the time to do it, and I, now I'm really busy, and so I, I don't have that time. But I left that easel sitting up as one of these big monikers in my office and it was taking up floor space and what I really need right now is movement and so I removed that art easel yesterday folded it up thanked it put it in the closet told it I would get to it when it was time it wasn't time yet and I got my yoga mat out and I claimed this new space so that is an example of Sometimes we do things in space that are obligations to others or obligations to ourselves, and we we put up something that we think is uh, something that's important to us, but it's really not. And what that ends up doing, so every day I was sitting at my desk looking at that easel beyond my computer monitor going, gosh, I wish I had time to paint. Well, that is draining my energy. It's draining my focus. It's making me have an emotion that's negative that's not helping me so that is one example yeah and then you say you were also trying to use it as like a meditation room and so it's your office which you have maybe a pile of of work saying tend to me tend to me work on me next and then you got this big giant empty easel saying don't you wish you could work on me like good luck meditating yeah (laughs) exactly I know, I just want to crawl in the closet, but then the closet's a big disaster right now, too, because <laughs> I've been throwing everything in there, and I gave my filing cabinet away, so I've got I've got some things to do. But so, you know, the simple things, let's go from the simple to the complex of what people do to, to make themselves stuck. So the simple things are having too much stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I was on a call yesterday, and we were talking about piling stuff on your desk and having too many piles, but you're a visual person, so you need to see everything. So we had a conversation about what do you do with those piles, and my advice was that you do get beautiful bins. You know, beauty has a very high vibration, so whatever is beautiful to you, you find those solutions, and then that raises the vibration of everything. So I found some beautiful baskets and also some wood inboxes that I just love from Indonesia, 
And so I have my projects in those. But what I do is a, another level is I take a clean piece of paper and I write the topic of what that pile is, and that sits on top. So when I look at that box, it's not this pile of papers. It's that project. And it streamlines my energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, what a beautiful idea for people. Yeah, that's really great because then instead of seeing a hundred things, you're seeing those hundred things kind of put in a loving box that says, you know, incoming incoming invoices or whatever it is. But it's just one idea and concept instead of a hundred loose things, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, an example is, you know, when you're doing your invoicing or your bookkeeping or your bills or whatever, you have all these receipts and everything. Well, everyone has a different way of going about that, but I keep um I love those plastic folders that are open on two sides and closed on two other sides. You can get them at, at an office store, but I put everything in one of those slip folders, and those also have a clean sheet of paper in the front that says what it is. So I'm not looking at the chaos of it, but it has a home. Everything having a home, and, and this kind of takes me to a whole nother metaphor or, or story for you, which is I traveled around the world for a year with my backpack. And I went through all these stages of having it be really heavy, ha trying to make choices of what would go in it, what I would carry. And I came up with this rule that everything weighs something. And if you think about that in life, everything weighs something, whether it's emotional, whether it's actual physical weight or whatever, it weighs something. So I got really super conscious with my backpack and how I organized my backpack. And, and people who travel like that will tell you that you have to put things in it and put things in it back in the same place that they were so that you're really organized. So that backpack literally became my house. Everything that I had in the world was in that backpack. And I organized it and I leaned it down because everything weighs something. I even cut paper out, really tiny pieces of phone books and things like that so that I just was reducing, reducing, reducing weight. But what I learned about that experience was it's the same exact thing with houses, right? You organize them, you put things in certain places so that you don't have to think. It's like having a knife block where your knives go in certain slots. They go back in those slots. Why? Because then you never have to wonder and use energy hunting for that knife. Where is it, right? That kind of living is hyper-conscious. So, yeah, and efficient. And efficient, yeah, very efficient. It's like how do you stack your bowls in your cupboard in your kitchen, and why do you stack them that way? Are they a hodgepodge, or do they go back in a specific order when you put them back? Now, I may be sounding like a crazy organized person, and I'm not. I, I mean, I have my faults, and I make my piles. My closet right now is a disaster. Why is it a disaster? Well, it's a disaster because I have let it go because I'm in a change of season, and I'm in a change of who I am as a person and what kind of clothes I want to wear. So I'm, I'm letting it go, literally, and the next step is to spend uh, um, some time in there removing out what I no longer want, what's no longer me, and I'm going to go through a fairly ruthless clearing on that. I could let the closet stay that way, but what would end up happening is I'd end up feeling really confused, and I would not like my clothes, and I, would, you know, I wouldn't feel good about myself. <laughs> That's so cool. You know, I actually had an awareness uh, just yesterday about the way that I'm living my life and how Daniel and I have been on this walk with minimalism for about three years now. And it is a walk, you know, it starts out small and then the momentum builds and then it becomes addictive, <laughs> sort of, and, uh, and I find joy and excitement from it. And then you get to a point where it's like, wow, well, I mean, I kind of got rid of everything. I don't think there's really anything else I can let go of. And so we've sort of gotten to that point. And so my awareness yesterday was, wow, I think that I have more time now to be able to like really deeply wash things and sanitize things and um, dust. And so the level of cleanliness that I'm living in now, I think is the cleanest I've ever been in my entire life, oh. in every area, in my within my body, in my mind, in my home. And I hadn't noticed that really fully. I hadn't really grasped, wow, 
things are clean and this is cool <laughs> until just well, yesterday. Yeah. That is a fascinating thing you just said because what comes first, the desire to clean or what's going on inside of you that's craving that change? You know, is it about the external? Is it about the internal? Which comes first, right? And I found, and I don't know if this is true for you, but I found that when you get into that mode, it's like a pregnant woman who loves to clean the house. When you get into that mode of seeing a space and seeing things that are um, not at the standard that you want them to be, a lot of times that signifies needing a sense of control because things feel out of control. Right. And it's weird. It's like, why am I wanting, you know, you think like a pregnant woman is like going into the birth process and she's getting up at three o'clock in the morning and cleaning the house. Well, why is she doing that? Right. right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just absolutely did the same thing. I, my partner came home for lunch, and I'm on top of the refrigerator, you know, scrubbing it with a toothbrush. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so dirty. I just have to clean it, you know. But I sat myself down knowing my work and said, what is going on here? And I said, I feel out of control right now. I feel like my life is out of control, like I don't have direction, like I don't know what I want. And, and it's making me feel more in control. Yeah, and it does. It comes and kind of fits and starts and incrementally. And, you know, sometimes there's an emotional shift and then that's the catalyst to clean the house. Or sometimes there's, you know, you clean the house and that creates a whole emotional shift as well. And Daniel and I just did some really intense work for some clients um, that actually have a, a beautiful home and on a ranch we put in like a 14-hour day of manual labor. Yes. And, um, oh, you know, wow. their their marriage is a disaster. Their home is a disaster. Yeah, it reflects. Um, it's bursting oh, at yep, the seams. Yep. And so um, they hired us uh, to tag team and to help give them some direction and homework. And, um, and it's not a one-and-done process. We're going to need to be going back numerous times to be of service to them. But uh, Daniel tended to the exterior of the home, and I tended to the interior of the home. And it's just like, well, my God, of course your marriage is a total disaster. Look at all of this shit everywhere. Right. Like, why is this, why is this random, like, aluminum foil, like, turkey tray in your yard? Why is this here? (laughs) Get this thing out of here. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, no rhyme or reason. Total chaos. Um, and yet there is still a lot of beauty. Like they have lots of beautiful, beautiful things, you know, gorgeous antiques. Just like I know that they each have so much beauty within them and within their marriage, but you can't see it. It's not able to showcase well because there's so much stuff in the way. You know, you got to take care of things. You could have like an old classic car. You could have some old Model T or something. And if it's sitting in a barn covered in rust and cobwebs and it hasn't even been like touched or looked at and the engine hasn't been fired up for a hundred years it's kind of a piece of garbage but if that thing had been maintained and incorporated into a life and appreciated now it shines and now it's super desirable yeah you know this is all i love the turkey tray and the the car in the barn you know the (laughs) if you think about the subconscious right that those things have drifted so far away from where people want to be that, that that's what's lurking in their subconscious. So whenever I go and do the same work, you know, that you are doing there, it's about looking at the physical and mining for the psychological issues that are going on for those people. Totally. And you, you know this, you just look at it and you can, it's like for you and for me, it's like reading a book and you can see a picture book and you can see exactly what's going on or at least what questions to ask to start to mine deeper, which the reason I love this work is because I'm a pattern buster and it's not always fun, but I will break you through. I will help you see what I see so that you can make a new choice about it and go in a direction that you really, that you really want to go. I'm just excited listening to this because it's, it's mind-blowing. It is. What I'm... the physical will show. And if people just look around and ask themselves, well, what's going on with that right there? You know, what was going on with my easel? I mean, I even tried to turn it into a, a an altar. Well, no. 
it was still saying, why aren't you painting, right? I was still having judgment around myself, so it's not time. You know, I was driving down the road the other day looking at houses that are just completely piled with junk cars and junk around. I mean, really to the extreme poverty-looking, you know, houses, people in poverty. And I'm like, if they only knew, it's like I just felt like I just wanted to walk up to the door and knock on it and say, if you just clean up your yard, you might get the job that you're looking for. Totally. Or you might, you know, I mean, that's got judgment in it. But I really think that we are in this country, we are in, we have so much access to material goods. That's why we have all these junk piles everywhere. And it's a lack of pride and it's a lack of consciousness in terms of what that actually translates to. You just touched on something so powerful there, Tamara, about how we have an overabundance. And sometimes people have equated, because we've been taught to do this, we've been taught to equate possession and material ownership with wealth. So even that person that might be living in extreme poverty, like you, we see extreme examples in, in downtown Seattle. A lot of people live under the freeway. There's like a whole community of people that live under the freeway in downtown Seattle in tents. And some of them have so much stuff. It's like, there's like, you would think that if by the time you're living in a tent, all you really need are like your clothes, maybe a couple books, a flashlight and your food. But they're, they have like, they're building a, like a garbage city down there. And it's so bizarre. Mm -hmm. Why? And I think there's a subconscious link to being told that having things, they feel that they don't have anything. So they feel very poor. So by having things, no matter what it is, even if it's garbage, like a bucket, or it's a... like wealth because you yeah. now have stuff around you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, yeah, that's a great analogy. You look at when there is a homeless person pushing a shopping cart, how it's just overflowing. Can't, couldn't, you couldn't fit another item on it unless you hung it off of somewhere, right? Because of that scarcity, and then that scarcity, we have created that in everyone as a society. When I traveled around the world for a year, I was out in third world countries, and I came back to America. I walked into a grocery store in Seattle, a big one, a chain store, and I just stood there with these towering shelves that I couldn't even reach the top shelf on, and my mouth just dropped open, and I I just stood there and took it in. And I, I was like, okay, why do we need 20 grams of pickles? (laughs) <laughs> Why do we need that? Right? Right. I mean, seriously, what, uh, sweet or dill, right? And, but it's commerce, right? It's what's made, there's, there's all these conundrums. It's made us, it's made us into what we are. But when you live in a place like you're living or where I'm living, where you're disconnected from that, pretty much. I mean, we have, we have a Kmart here, but, it's, you know, there's not really much here. And you don't need anything. So every time I go out, it's like, I don't need that. I don't need that, and I don't need that either, and I don't need that. But I'm still kind of untraining myself from living for 30 years of living in cities, thinking that I needed all that. Right. Like right you know? now, I'm reading Walden by Henry David Thoreau, and I I am just like ravenous for this book. I cannot get enough. Um, because it's reflecting a lot about how I live and why I live that way. He's like affirming that. And then I look at the success of his life. You know, right now we're talking about how your space shapes your success. And like, Mm -hmm. what is success? Success is like being able to be leisurely and and be in luxury. And I mean, of course, everybody will identify it as something different for them. But like for me, it's an abundance of time. You know, being able to sleep in until Mm -hmm. 9 or 10 o'clock if I want to and have that be okay. Mm -hmm. Being able to eat really delicious Uh, High vibe food is what is successful for me. This is what Thoreau was doing out there in the woods. I mean, he talks about how he could just sit for hours and listen to birds by the lake. I mean... And it was time well spent. And it was the best time. He did this for five years, and it was the best time he ever had. Um, You know, and like tending to his beans and talking about how you don't need all of the the rice and the sugar and the coffee and the meat and the cured this and that. And, you know, you just need some beans and a good book mm-hmm. and, the, and a lake mm-hmm. and your life will be blissful. Yeah. And, you know, a little house that's well-kept and people tried to offer him like, oh, I see you have a dirt floor, you know, 
uh, would you like a rug? And he's like, heck no. Then that's something else I got to take care of. And they thought he was insane. That's wonderful. That's great. You know, million things are flying through my head, but one of them is that the people who, the guys who wrote the book Minimalism and created that movement for the most part live here in Missoula in Montana. And I went to their showing of the when the movie re- released, and then I was so fascinated by them because what they were saying was something very different than what I thought. So I thought min- minimalism was just stripping everything away, which I had little heebie-jeebies about because for an earth person who loves cuddly things and collections and things like that, if you strip away everything from an earth person, you know, they really kind of don't know who they are. And so there are two personalities where there's different levels of stuff that people can have based on who they are that are also still healthy for them. But I ended up interviewing the girlfriend of the main guy of the minimalist, and, and that interview will come out here this fall. But because she said something about when she met him, she had a really large shoe collection. And so, boy, I perked up and I asked her if I could interview her, and I did. And the whole concept that tweaked my mind about minimalism was that it isn't about having no stuff. It's about right-sizing your life so that you are lean down, like what we're talking about, where you you just don't keep what's in excess. You don't really need it. You don't need it. So it's not scarcity or starving yourself or stripping everything away. It's a matter of where is that level for you personally? And everyone is different. Oh yeah. It'll look different for everybody. So Tamara, how can, how can other people, how can our listeners begin to see things the way that you're talking about? You know, is there a way that they can start to open their eyes to looking around their own spaces and seeing some of the traps that they're in? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so the first rule of the game is to remove judgment from yourself. Do not look at your space with judgment of any kind. Look at it as if you were looking at an art piece or a a painting or something like that. Be an observer. Wow, this painting sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But that's judgment. Yeah, it doesn't (laughs) move me anymore, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. It doesn't, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. So then the next part of it is to ask yourself what's in and out of alignment with where I am now, where I want to go. So a lot of people hang on to things because of obligation, either to others or to themselves. So where is it that I want to go? You align everything to your, your now and your forward motion. What's no longer me? I say that with a little asterisk because... I've also gone through the experience of getting rid of too much. So I got rid of almost all of my photos. A lot of them were my trip around the world. I saved the best of the best, but I have a little bit of a, oh, dear, I wish I had those pictures now um, because I was in a mode. So you have to be mindful of what, what kind of place you're at in your life and to be gentle with your offloading as well. You know, that, that's a, for most people, that's, that's a big piece. So the way to see, to answer your question directly, is to just be that observer without judgment, look around and see what's in and out of alignment. And I use a, if you want me to include a, a free ebook, I have um, one that has a little exercise in it that's called, um, it's the Symbology of Your Space ebook, but the exercise is the vibration meter, and it's really easy to do. So let's just say you walk around and you pick up an item and you hold it or you look at it. And you say, on a scale of 1 to 10, where does this vibe? Is it a 10 is, I love it, and it's beautiful, and I have to have it in my life. And a 1 is, I don't even know what that is, and why is it in my life? <laughs> right? So, so you're, you look at it on a scale of 1 to 10. That's very generous for most people. And I like to say that if you really want to get intentional with your space, that you choose things that are 7 and above. And that's what stays in your space, because that vibration in alignment with where you are now, creates a vibration that's really super powerful and healthy for you. Does that help? Oh, yeah, yeah that's wow. awesome. That's a cool exercise, yeah, for sure. I'm going to do that right after we're done here. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Rachel's doing things like this all the time. So now you've, you've really given her a new tool because 
I live in the kind of place, just to let all the listeners know, with my, like, triple Virgo wife. Rachel's a Virgo on, like, three or four levels astrologically. I will go to the bathroom and brush my teeth and come out and the furniture's rearranged. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, and it's so interesting because I'm in this place of, like, practicing non-attachment. So now I'm, like, looking at our painting and our chairs that we love. We bought them only two years ago. And I'm like, is that a seven? I think it's actually more just like a neutral five. Oh, I'm, knock it off. I'm not going to get rid of it, but just <laughs> noticing my, my practice with well, non-attachment. Now, yeah, well, okay, let me say two things. One about attachment and, and one about level five things, right, or functional things. So attachment. So if you're on a spiritual journey and your goal is to be non-attached to the material world, which is a very, very wonderful goal to have. I've been through this. I was my spiritual teacher. I had to go through everything I owned and I had to assess it. And if if that was taken out of my house and put in the front yard and lit on fire, would I have a, would I have a hissy fit about it? You know, what, what would my emotion be? Right? So you're always checking in on your emotion of attachment. If you're not attached to it, but it's a beautiful item in in your house, then there's no problem with having stuff. This is where, you know, I have many spectrums of this from very material light people to very spiritual um, minimalist people. And it's whatever is right for you is the right answer because it's a mirror of you and a mirror of your life. Right. Okay. Now, let me go over to the functional piece. So there are things in your house, like a refrigerator or like a chair, sometimes a chair or in table or something that is functional, but doesn't have a charge for it. You're not like super in love with it. And then that's okay too. But to have a lot of that, that's where you start to, you can see how you would go unconscious. Right. Some apathy. Yep. I'm writing my ebook, my, I don't know, maybe it may be a book and I'm just calling it an ebook, but the language of furniture. And it's really about what we're talking about because we're talking about how everything is a living dynamic between you and your psyche and yourself and your expression in the world and your inner world workings, right? And in that, you're really learning a level of consciousness using the physical world as a direct mirror. So all you really have to do is get good at asking questions of yourself like, huh, I wonder that candle holder that's really hideous that my mother-in-law gave me, but I feel obligated to put it out every time she comes, but when she leaves, I put it in the closet. What is that about? Right. Well, and I love that it's becoming a, a more mainstream topic about the energy of our belongings and what is the energetic mass of them and what are their needs, right? Like if you thought of everything in my feng shui training, you know, we drove around and we looked at fronts of homes and we said like, well, okay, what is the personality here? What is this house saying? Is it, you know, is it prissy? Is it grumpy? Is it, what is it? Um, and so I've, yeah. I've really done that with all my belongings and I actually was just talking to a beloved friend of mine and we happened to be standing in the bathroom and we're looking at the toilet and she's like, you know, toilets like to be flushed that's their job they take away our waste they're really our side buys and being able to shed and let things go and we need to celebrate them more and we kind of did this with all these other fixtures in the space and it was we're laughing and and it's fun and it's also so true you know and she was saying that um in one of her dark nights of the soul it was truly her fixtures that got her through that you know being able to like press her her hot like traumatized body up against the the cold floor even or the toilet or or like look at the light fixture like that was what was able to get her through some of those times and you know she's just like I wish people were more thankful for the things that they had in their life Mm. it's so powerful that is that is very very well said very powerful and I guess you know if you think of it back to what I said earlier in the beginning about that you're in your three skins, if you treated your life like that, yourself, your clothing, your home environment, those three skins right there, if you treated those sacredly and consciously, then you'd know exactly what needed to change. You know, that's cool too, the three skins aspect, because we could tie those into an entirely esoteric concept of it, of being the body 
the mind and the spirit. And that could be our, that's another level of three sheaths where like the physical body is the one that crosses over. It's both your physical skin and it's your, your physical existence in this, in this plane. And then moving beyond that, your clothing would be your emotions, your mind. And beyond that would be your home, your larger dwelling, which is your spirit, the house of the soul. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Your inward three skins and your outward three skins. Yep, absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then if you see yourself that way, then you pretty much, it'll probably quite quickly come down to exactly what needs to change in your space. You know, like we said, it's it's a spectrum. So if you've got a jumped up yard or turkey platters in your turkey kins in your front yard, <laughs> there's something... You know, really deeply going wrong. I had a couple that one of my first couple's appointments, and it was two days. I actually spent two days with this husband and wife and his family doing their home, and they had hired a really expensive feng shui person from L.A. to come up, and they had shaved off this whole entire side of the mountain behind them, and they were having problems in their business and in their marriage and their family. Everything was just off kilter. And we got into this, And when I could step back with them and then show them exactly what I was looking at and what the metaphors of those things that I was looking at, then it was really easy for them to make decisions about how to improve their life. So how can somebody on their own, if they don't have you or me um, doing this with them, how can they do that? And again, it's being willing to not judge and two, being willing to open your eyes and see everything everything in your environment from the floor to you know really let's go out further right to the environment that you're where you where you live if your life isn't working and you feel weird in your house you're not living in the right place yeah so sometimes it has to be dramatic um you know you have to move i mean you can go as far out as having your astrology chart done over the map of the earth which is astrocartography and we've had that, that done you where Oh, yeah. And our resident, right. our resident astrologer Theo Nyaker would happily do that for any of our listeners. That's right. Speak of astrology. Uh-huh. He does our he does our monthly astrological layout for each month. Yep. He gives us the forecast, and he is phenomenal at doing that charting of of what it's like to live where. Astrolocality. Oh, that's there. You go. Yep. Where are your energies aligned, right? And where are you going to feel in your skin the most? And then the rest of it is kind of details and levels of commitment of how much you want to change. Sometimes you don't want to change, and so you let things get kind of piled up and dirty, and and there's nothing wrong with that. There's phases in life where you're going to ebb and flow with it. So I guess my biggest message is take the judgment out of the whole process. Peter Walsh, who wrote the book, says, clutter make my butt look fat, right? Well... Yeah, it probably does. You know? <laughs> Those um, horizontal stripes ain't working for you, honey. <laughs> you know, and, and because you feel that way about yourself when things are out of balance like that. I used to train people to do my work. I called them life architects where they would go into the home and be able to do this. And the hardest skill for people to learn, even if they were a practitioner, was non-judgment. You cannot go into a home and have judgment about how somebody keeps their house. You will not be an effective practitioner. And I actually didn't certify some people who just couldn't get it. They could not get that. (laughs) So personally, you have to remove judgment and then just be able to be willing to look with open eyes and see what you see. Yeah, and being mm-hmm. compassion. And, you know, this couple that we helped the other day, their daughter came home from school and she was able, you know, because she's young and had been away while some of this was happening, she was really more blown away than even they were. She was just like, wow, this is so great. This is so much better. A lot of the stuff that had accumulated hadn't been of her doing. It wasn't her, mm-hmm. it wasn't her stuff. She was able to process it more quickly and see it more clearly than they were. Like we left and it seemed like they were still in, they were still in the processing of it. And I, uh, I suspected that it would probably take a couple of days for them to really feel the effects of the big shifts that had happened in their home. And I noticed that oh, that yeah. happens for me as well. Like it's hard to know what you're living in when you're in it. 
Right. It builds slowly. Mm-hmm. The chaos, the chaos or the mess builds slowly. It's like you don't just wake mm-hmm. up one day and you're like 200 pounds heavier. It's a gradual process, and then you're like, oh my gosh, wow, how did this happen? All these years went by, and now I'm obese. You know, so it's like I have to get out of my space and go stay in a hotel or go visit a friend or. Um, and then feel that contrast of being either in their space or in a neutral space. Hotels are so great for that because they're so neutral. And then I come back and then I'm like, oh, okay, I was in neutral territory and now I'm able to more clearly feel and see what is happening in my own home. Mm-hmm, nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Tamara, this has yeah. been an amazing conversation and there's so many layers here, layers and levels and levels on which we can go to. I love the practical tips and takeaways that you've given today especially that energetic rating what did you call that again when you give an energetic rating to your possessions vibration meter the vibration meter that one's awesome that's really cool and what a gift to be able to share your ebook with our listeners as well the language of furniture um you know your home has a living story yeah, I will. It's not done yet. I'm working on it because I'm taking it way into part of the philosophy of what I do. Came, I, I did a ton of research. It came out of a faction of Carl Jung's work. So that'll be in, talk about that in the book and also a faction of architects out of Berkeley that actually there's a woman who wrote a book called Houses Near Itself. And she's the one that I started seeing this stuff, and I'm like, what am I seeing? And so I started looking and researching for other people that might be seeing what I'm seeing, and I found her book way back in the late 90s. Anyway, it just became an evolution of how to see, really, and then what to do about it. But it does have a psyche bent to it that is really fascinating, and a direct. there's a direct correlation. So when you can start to do that for yourself or, or have someone do it for you, you know, it changes your life. It's amazing. That sounds really, really juicy. So how can people get a hold of you and stay in touch, maybe get on a mailing list so they can hear about when this Language of Furniture book develops? Or maybe work, yeah. with, maybe work well, with you personally. Yeah. My website is Tamara Fleming, T-A-M-R-A-F-L-E-M-I-N-G.com. Right now, my website has been shifted a little bit. Um, I actually took the sign-up for the free product off of there, but you know what? I will put it back on and uh, put the book up there, and then that way, when the new book comes out on the language of furniture, those people will have first notice that it's coming out. So, yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> awesome. Give you, a little, give you a little extra prompt there. Didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I'm delighted to help people anytime um, learn how to do this differently. I do interviews all the time, and so my Facebook pages, if you go on and just look up my name, I have three different Facebook pages. I have a private group that people can join on Facebook, too, if you want to have a real intimate conversation about space with me. It's called Emerging Lives Sharing Spaces. Wonderful. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. I highly recommend working with the lovely and fabulous Tamara. And if you want to work with me, one of the ways to do that would be to sign up for a self-discovery session. It's a two-hour window into the areas that you're stuck. Um, It also will reveal what is working and how to cultivate more of that. So it's not just about focusing on what isn't working. It's both. And, And I'll take you through all areas of your life. It really is a loving act of illumination. Yeah, and then I also have a few VIP days left through October and November. And then I'll be filled up for the year, and I'll be going into hibernation. And then on the other side of hibernation, Daniel and I are going to be sharing our Essence of Ecstasy Passionate Partnership program with with couples. It's going to be an online program, so we would love to be of service in that way. Yeah, we love working with couples, and I, of course, love working with women individually. So reach out. As always, there's so much love here for you, um, so much support. And the entryway is uh, through self-discovery. I am Daniel Alcian. You can get a hold of me on Facebook and check out our various media outlets. There is a YouTube channel, Ecstatic Existence. There's a Facebook page, Ecstatic Existence. So many weekly videos. So many weekly videos. There is the website, ecstaticexistence.com. Instagram, Ecstatic Existence. Pretty much if you type that in, you can find more and more content. And... 
a three-part tripod structure of support that this show thrives on is three things. Number one, become a patron of the show. Check out our Patreon. Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. You can type in Ecstatic Existence, find the show, check out what we're all about, make a pledge there. And we have gifts for you, too, at various uh, donor levels. This is true. This is true. There's kickbacks to as a thank you for your support. Uh, level number two, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review. This helps the show come up in more search engines. And as people are looking for conscious content, we'll show up in the list and the show gets out to more people all over the world where it's desperately needed. Yeah, throw some hashtags around. Yeah, drop some likes on the Facebook page, do some social media support. And number three, what every single one of you can do is tell a friend. Share it with your friend, your mom, your mom's friends, your friend's moms. Yeah. And the dads. They need it too. <laughs> oh, especially. <laughs> you are so well held and so well loved. We'll check in with you next week. See you soon. It has to be whatever it is until it it's not that anymore. Until 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 it's not that anymore.